Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 599. Yes, one more show to 600. 600 episodes, listeners and viewers. We've got a great guest for the show this week, we've got Jay Gibb, founder and CEO of Cloud Sponge. I'm going to let Jay explain what Cloud Sponge is, and then we're going to be talking about his journey in the world of startups and making a profitable business. It should be a great interview. So let's start off first with my with my co-host Stephen. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners? And viewers, Stephen? Yeah, my name is Stephen Satter. I'm from zipfish.io. Uh, we make WordPress fast by optimizing the code that runs WordPress and the code that's running on the servers. And Jay, if you can give us a quick 20-second intro about yourself, and then we'll go straight into the interview, Jay. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Denwood. Nice to meet you guys. I'm Jay from CloudSponge. We, we help WooCommerce stores double their word-of-mouth sales, so we do that through optimizing uh, interfaces for sharing and making them better in general. So, Jay, um, let's go into the history of CloudSponge. How how old is the company? And um, by your previous interviews, you were at the beginning while you were the founder, uh, founder of it. Why did you start the company? What what made you think that this was going to be a good idea? It was uh, kind of the classic story of um, scratching your own itch, I guess, is a lot of ways companies start. Uh, we, we sort of conceptually began in 2009 and started building uh, something in 2010. Um, so it's, we're about 11 years old, going on 12. And um, one of the things that we were building for the product that we had in mind was address book integrations. It was kind of a feature of the product. So we, we were building integrations with like Google contacts. At the time, they called it Gmail contacts. Now it's Google contact. And, you know, Hotmail and AOL and Yahoo and iCloud and all these other places where people store their address books. And so we did the engineering efforts to build all those integrations because part of what we were trying to build required that in order, like as a piece of the puzzle. Uh, and in that journey, as we were doing that, first of all, we realized that it was really hard. <laughs> that was the first thing. It was a lot harder than we thought it was going to be. Um, and then second of all, we realized that there was there were a lot of like open source solutions and sort of abandoned software packages that claimed to, to do what we thought they would do as far as making that job easier. And they were either, like I say, abandoned or they just didn't work or, you know, one of them was acquired by Facebook. And so it just kind of vanished and went away. And so in that journey as developers, you know, you're, we're using like Stack Overflow and GitHub and all kinds of communities and stuff. And we, we just run across a lot of other people that were challenged by the same problem, right? They're bumping into the same absence of solutions, and they were all sort of building it themselves as well. 
So um, because of that, we saw that opportunity, right? And we saw the energy that we we're putting into it and, and um, the quality of what we had built. Uh, and so we decided to pivot and basically sell that, right? Take those integrations that we had built, put an API, like layer an API on top of them. Like at, that, at the time, it was just a REST API, like a backend API. And then, you know, put a price tag on it, make a homepage and like see if any of these other people that we were running across in these communities wanted to buy it from us instead of building it themselves, right? And it so happened that they did, right? And so we, we, we that's how we kind of initially got off the ground, right? Because we had this product, we knew there was a demand for it because we saw the demand with our own eyes, right? We knew how to reach those people because they were in the communities that we were in and we could literally just send them a message and say, hey, like, come check this out if you don't want to build this yourself, right? Uh, and so we had some, we got some initial traction by doing that, right? And then um, sort of fast forward kind of quickly because it's a 10 year story. So I don't want to, I don't want to bore you with it, with all the little details, but over the years we added, we, 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 we've always had this culture of like observing what our customers are doing with what we've built and then figuring out how we can meet them a little bit closer to that, right? And inching closer and closer and closer to the actual use case, right? The actual point of, of value recognition, right? And so at first it was this REST API that I mentioned, and then we built what we called, at the time we called it the address book widget. Now we've renamed it to being called the contact picker. And that's basically an interface that you can put on your website that brings all those different address book sources into one interface where you can select people and use it to populate like recipient lists and things like that on your website, right? So we had that contact picker for years. Vast majority of our lifespan has been selling the contact picker to generally the buyer for us has been engineering teams, right? Big companies, small companies, you know, all kinds of companies that don't want to build their own integrations with all these places and don't want to build their own contact pickers or contact picker, they'll use ours. And it's just a JavaScript snippet that you can configure. It's really easy to install. Um, and then again, with that same culture, we've, we've always observed, like, why are they using the contact picker? You know, and we'll see it's like we're, we're dominant in like crowdfunding sites. We're dominant in social networking sites. We're dominant in uh, e-commerce stores. We're dominant in uh, like CRMs that are trying to make it easy for you to import your address book to populate a CRM. So there's all these different use cases for, for why different companies or products want to use address books. Um, and the one that we're excited about now and the one that we've sort of decided to focus our energy into is the e-commerce stores, right? Because it's just such an instant value where when e-commerce stores make it so that their customers, their users, are able to access their contacts directly from these places inside the, the store, like for a referral program or for sending coupons to their friends or for wish list sharing or for all the different places in, that you can imagine inside an e-commerce store where you might want your existing customers to, like input an email address of somebody from their address book and you don't want them to go to a different tab or try to copy and paste an email address from a different window because that's, that's where you get your abandonments and you, people just lose you if, you if you make them leave your website, right? And so 
I've got this kind of instant obvious value with the e-commerce vertical. And so in that theme of sort of observing the success stories that our customers are having when they're doing all the work, the next phase that we're in right now is building that layer, right? And working on actually meeting, like I say, meeting our customers halfway or meeting them where they are and building those that functionality to make sharing better within the e-commerce universe. Oh, that's great. I forgot to mention our major sponsor at the beginning of the show, so I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to throw it over to Stephen. Um, I just want to mention, like I say, our major sponsor, which is Castos. If you're looking um, to do hosting for your po podcast and you will need somewhere to host your audio files, I can't highly recommend more than Castos. I was using another provider and I've been using them for about three to four years, and then Kestos approached me, and it was about half the price. But what really excited me was their great interface. Basically, not only is it extremely clean interface, it's extremely easy to use. And those two things don't always go together. You can sometimes have a very simplistic looking interface yet it can be a bit of a puzzle to use um but you don't all you don't often get a really clean interface that's really easy to use from day one and that's what you get with castos it's extremely attractively priced it has a load of additional other options if you're thinking of getting into podcasting and their support, I've just found it really fantastic. So if that's interesting for yourself or for your clients, go over to Castos. You'll find all the links in the show notes and have a look at their plans and buy one, I would suggest. So over to you, Stephen. I, I, I love this product. I, I, by looking at like the, the logos and stuff I've on your website, I've definitely interacted with you guys before and without even knowing it. Um, and it, it is, it's like super smooth and probably has gotten me to share things with other people that I would have not otherwise, because I'm like, you're right, you're like 100 spend that on that. I'm not going to go and open up my email, start probably like create a draft to try to find the person's email address and then copy and paste it over or some kind of ridiculous, archaic way of trying to get somebody's email address. But like, you know, with the one click, all of a sudden my contacts are there, I can grab them. Um, with uh, e-commerce shops that like choose to adopt um, Cloud Sponge as a way of sharing, let's say, referral, just for the sake of argument, like a referral link to contacts. Um, does that e-commerce then a company get to see who's being emailed and like who's sending those emails out? Like, so they have a user that's like sending emails. Like, can they know who con whose contact that is going through, or is that all done like through you guys on the back end? Like, how does that integration happen? How does that work? How should somebody start thinking about it if this is something that they want to do? Yeah, that's a that's a thank you for asking that question because it's kind of the the next obvious one, right? And so, the the thing that's important to understand is that we will multiply the performance of an existing referral program. But we don't offer that referral program, right? We're like I like I said, we, there's lots of different use cases for a contact picker, right? And a referral program is one of them. Uh, and CloudSpawn is really, it's, to me, anyways, as a, as a founder, it's important that we stay in our lane and we don't try to 
try to do too much in each of these things. Like we really are, we've got our work cut out for us in terms of keeping what we're already responsible for perfect. And so uh, the way that we approach that is uh, e-commerce store owners, when they've got a referral program already, like maybe they've got something that's powered by Automate Woo, for example, in the WooCommerce area, we have the ability to double the performance of Automate Woo, right? And Automate Woo is the system in in this example that's keeping track of who's sending referral emails to who. Right, that's not a cloud sponge function, yeah. and so it's really up to the store owner to decide like how do they want to power a, a sharing feature, whether it's a referral program or wish lists or something else. And once they've done that, uh, then we can help. Right, once it's got once you've got an existing function that's sending those emails and maybe generating the referral links for bigger stores, you're going to be worried about fraud. So you're going to want to choose a referral program platform that handles fraud or indemnifies you from fraud, right? And so there's lots of stuff that goes into that. And there, that, that's a pretty involved vendor selection process all by itself to, to, to get the functionality that you're talking about, right? But at the end of the day, once you've got as a screen on your website, a form on your website that has an input for creating a recipient list, whatever the reason is for that, right? Then that's where we can basically double or triple the performance of that form in that area. And ultimately like that whole sort of acquisition channel for your business, right? And that doubling and tripling of performance is coming from just like removing the barrier of having somebody manually enter in the email addresses is allowing them to connect, right? It's, it's, it's a, it's an, the exponential is because it becomes that much easier. Uh, that's one of the ingredients in the recipe. It's not the only one. There's a couple of other things that I can sort of tell you about that also are like byproducts of the address book that I think are pretty interesting, but that one, before I move on to those, that one is, is you're right. And our data on that is really just anecdotal, right? Looking back at 10 years, what do our customers say? We've got case studies and testimonials, and we talk with our customers all the time. And that's like conservative. Most of them say, yeah, we, we've got, we're sending out double the number of referrals that we used to send out, right? Or more, right? And um, the, the, the actual number that we kind of, one of our North Star metrics inside the company today, as of now, is 3.5. And what that number means to us is for a person that lands on a page on your website or like on an e-commerce store's website who uh, types in a friend's email address, right? On average, people that have to type an email address will do it once, especially if they're on a mobile device, right? Like, have you ever tried to assemble a comma-separated list of email addresses on your phone? Like, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Right? It's really, really hard to do. So they'll do one. <coughs> but for um, for those that have the address book, the contact picker attached to that form field so that people can click on a button that says, like, add from address book, the average number of email addresses inputted in that scenario is 3.5, right? So you've got basically three and a half times the number of email addresses, right? the volume of email addresses that are actually being, you know, emails that are being mm-hmm. sent is multiplied by about three and a half, right? So that's kind of the first top of funnel metric that we improve 
pretty much instantly as soon as you install it, right? The next one, it requires a little bit more engineering, but it's really interesting. And it's something that we've, it wasn't self-evident. It wasn't something that we understood just, it wasn't obvious until we saw basically like our best customers and we sort of dissected what did they do. And what it really is, is if you think about, again, those two different examples, right? The, the with and without the address book. Without an address book, your software receives an email address, like a recipient email address, right? And how personalized can that email really be? Right? How much personalization can your transactional email have when all you know is the email address of the recipient of the referral, right? Yeah. It's, it's going to be, first of all, the from address or the from field of the email is going to be from your store, which is probably a store that the recipients never heard of, right? Because they're being referred to it. Um, the sender may or may not be in a session where you've got their name. You can't really personalize, put the sender's name in the subject or anything, right? Or the anywhere. And the recipient's name, you don't have. All you have is an email address. You've got, you, you know, my friend typed in my email address, but the, you don't want to make them type name, first name, last name, email, first name, last name, email yeah. over and over again, right? You just don't do that. But when the payload that's populating that form is an address book, you have everything. So each of those emails that goes out can be like from JGib via store name so that the recipient sees my name and they recognize yeah. a person they know, right? And it can be and have your name in the subject line without the user having to type in your name. They just typed in your or they just clicked on the thing that was your email address. But now the software sees your name as well because it's also stored in the person's address book, right? So not only do we get that like three and a half X on average multiplier at the top of the funnel, but then we also get another multiplier on the open rates and conversion rates of the email that's being sent, right? Because we're personalizing or enabling the store to personalize. Of course, there's some engineering that goes into that. Um, but that personalization is where you can really ratchet that performance yeah. up even more if you invest the energy into doing the personalization for the referral emails themselves. Well, that, so, that's got, we need to go for a break, actually, Stephen. We'll be back in a few moments with Jay Gibb, um, the founder and CEO of Cloud Sponge. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. 
This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. We've had a good conversation in the first half with Jay. Um, before we continue the discussion, I want to tell you about a webinar I'm doing with Spencer Fall and one of my regular panellists on my roundtable show. Um, we're going to be doing this on Friday, June the 11th at 10.30am Pacific Standard Time. It's going to be um, part three, uh, the final part of our trilogy, uh, uh, on how to use launch flows and a group of plugins to build something even better than ClickFunnels, something that allows you to utilise the power of WordPress to produce um, marketing automation funnels that can match the best of the SaaS products at, let's say, a fifth of the price that you would be charged for something like ClickFunnels not only for yourself, but for your clients. So I suggest that you join us. How can you join? Well, you just go to any of the podcast episodes and you will find links that will enable you to sign up. And we'll just send you a quick email reminder a day before we go live. And there'll be a link where you will be able to join us and ask myself and Spencer any questions that you might have about what we discussed during the webinar. So let's go straight back in into the interview. So is your is your company bootstrapped or did you take um, outside funding to help you, Jay? We are self-funded. Oh, so you're bootstrapped. Um, so was that a conscious choice that you would keep the company um, bootstrapped? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's my preference, right? I like the person I like is the calm lifestyle. Right. Uh, and so we're, we've built a culture within the company of everybody actually enjoying their jobs and sort of enjoying being able to take their time to do things properly and talk to customers and, and all that kind of thing. And, um, and so the, yeah, the, the, uh, this, the stress and anxiety of being a venture-backed business really has no appeal to me. No, I totally agree with you. And you said you're focusing on e-commerce. So the two the two main players seem to be either Shopify or WooCommerce. So I don't know your statistics. It is, is of those two major players, is there one that's dominant that utilises your product at the present moment? Obviously, we're we're quite focused on WordPress and we have a lot of WordPress developers and members of the WordPress community that listen to this, but we like to get people from the outside in web development and in products coming on the podcast because it just mixes things up a bit. So of those two platforms, is it mostly Shopify or WooCommerce or is it mostly equal? You know, it's probably pretty close. I think a lot of the ways that we actually end up showing up and, and I think Stephen kind of alluded to this 
at the beginning of our conversation where when he said that he feels like he's used cloud sponge before but like he didn't like consciously acknowledge that he was using cloud sponge like we're sort of that like undercurrent of a lot of things and people I, I get that reaction a lot we're like oh yeah like i think i have seen that before whether it's on like next door or yelp or airbnb like you you've seen it before even though you didn't really know that we were behind it uh, and so that's the way that we have um, ended up entering Shopify and WooCommerce in a lot of cases, where we we're sort of a we're sort of bundled into other software, right? So our relationship is kind of a one-to-many, where we've got a relationship with somebody that's got a really strong wish list functionality or referral program functionality, or you know, a whole business that. I don't have any interest in getting into, right? And, and they're in there, right? So from our perspective, it's a little bit abstracted, to be honest. Yeah. You know, but it is probably pretty equal. The, the one thing that I would say sort of is in favor of the WordPress side of that is that it's more, there's more development freedom, right? So for people that want to do the kind of thing that I just described with the perfect personalization of the referral emails, it's a little bit more approachable to do that in WordPress because you can do whatever you want. It's an open source software platform and you can, however much engineering you want to invest into it, you can do, right? In Shopify, I think that's possible, but it's a little bit more, there's a little, there's more barriers in the way of actually like making it do whatever you can imagine, right? Yeah, thanks for that. Over to you, Stephen. As you've been working on this for 10 years, was there ever a point where things started to like, you know, you get that classic or what everybody tries to get that hockey stick growth, like where all of a sudden, like the market's like, oh, this, this is what we need. And it clicks or was it, was it something that just like slowly built over time? You know, if I zoom out to like a 10 year view, it's kind of like a pretty, pretty steady, like stacking, right? But then, you know, if you zoom into different events that happened in our lifestyle, either like we cracked a marketing nut somewhere and something good happened, or, uh, you know, for you know, one case that I already mentioned was a product that was doing some of what we do got acquired by Facebook and they just literally just turned it off and all their customers are homeless, right? Those types of sort of black swan events that you can't really predict, those happened and those have created those like, little stair steps. Um, but uh, just because of the nature of where we are, you know, this B2B software that's, um, you know, kind of a set it and forget it. Like most people, once they get set up with our product and they get it integrated, they're done, right? Now it's our job to continue to pay us monthly to make sure it stays functioning and as awesome it can be. And our job is to keep up with Google and keep up with Yahoo and keep up with, iCloud and AOL and all the other stuff that our customers are depending on. And so it ends up being something where it's just sort of this like linear, steady ratchet that just keeps going up and up and up as we get more and more customers. And we don't generally lose customers unless they go out of business, right? If they, if they just like close the shop, nothing we can do about that. But any business that joins CloudSponge and uses it and continues to be in business, like they don't churn. They don't ever cancel basically. Yeah, and like that was like just took a quick look at your pricing and like it's all like extraordinarily like reasonable for the amount of work that you would have to like go and do yourself if you were trying to build this feature. So like there's never that probably that point where someone's like, oh, well, we'll just build our own thing. It's just like, no, this is this is way easier and just makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah, it's true. The, you know, the our pricing is really geared around um, the more expensive plans are for e-commerce stores that put a really high premium on brand. They really want to make sure that the color palette is perfect. The corner radiuses are perfect. The text is exact, like everything matches. And if that's yeah. what they want, then the product's worth a little bit more so that it really, and that's part of the reason why you had this impression that you've used it before, but you weren't really sure where. And that's because of our customers that like make it a perfect match and yeah. take credit for what we've done. And it's totally white labeled for them. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that, that's great. Um, we're going to come to the end of the podcast. You okay staying with us for another 15 minutes, Jay, for some bonus content. Yeah, sure. No problem. Well, we're going to wrap up the podcast. You'll be able to watch the whole interview plus the bonus content on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. So go over there and we've got a host of interviews with bonus content, which you won't be able to hear on the podcast part of the show. So go over to YouTube and subscribe to the WP Tonic YouTube channel. I have a load of other um, tutorials and other materials there that you might find interesting so um jay what's the best way for people to find out more about you your team and your product uh we're gonna make we'll have a uh it's not up right now i realize this is live and we normally do it a little bit after the recording so it might be a week uh but we'll have uh, cloudsponge.com slash wp tonic for your viewers to, to go to um and and we'll we'll put some 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 special offers there for them uh, and also, that's the easiest way to find me and the rest of the Cloud Sponge team is right on Oh, the thanks page. for doing that, Jay. The, the WP tribe always love people that come on the show and do that for them. So thank you so much. And send it to me and I'll make sure it's in the show notes, Jay. Yeah, um, no, Ste no Yeah, Stephen, how can people find more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, head over to zipfish.io, run a speed test, see how much faster we can make your website. Yeah, and Stephen's team helped the WP Tonic website. Um, it's quite a large website, and um, it was getting a little bit slow, as these WordPress websites can do, and Stephen and his team really helped with that. So I can't highly recommend them. Go over there and see what they can do for your site. Um, we're going to, like to say, we're going to wrap this up. We'll be back next week with another great guest like Jay. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 